Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who submitted a story or multiple stories. I wasn't expecting to get such a big uh, response, but thanks a ton for that. Also, uh, there's a flash flood warning in my area, so there's probably going to be actual thunder in the background mixed in with the thunder that I normally put in. Um, I just thought that was would be a fun thing to share. Uh, anyway... Thanks for all the awesome submissions, and thanks for listening in advance. Let's just jump right into it. In the early 90s, I went to SMSU, MO State, for a time. I had a buddy who invited me to a party at his friend's house, which was a few miles away from the dorm I was living in. I decided to go, but I would have to walk since I didn't have a car at the time. Even though Springfield is a pretty big town, if you walk for 20 minutes in any direction, you may find yourself out in the sticks. So I start walking by myself on a freezing clear winter night. After about 15 minutes of walking down this empty street in the cold, I happened to look up at the sky. It was crystal clear without a cloud in sight. And I see this brown oval-shaped thing floating across the sky ahead of me, from my right to left. It had no lights and it made no sound. I would say it was about 100 feet up and traveling at a pretty high rate of speed. Again, this was a crystal clear night and there were no clouds out. It was traveling too fast to be a cloud anyway. I finally lost sight of it behind some trees and then ran the rest of the way to the party. I think I begged everyone there for a ride home after, so I didn't have to walk down that street again. There's probably not a week that goes by that I don't think of that night. My story happened a couple of years ago when I decided to go ghost hunting while visiting my aunt and her girlfriend in Ohio. After looking around for a while, I came across a location we could explore without trespassing or walking around too much. Exercise is not my thing. If I'd had to run demon, I'd probably choose to lie down and accept my fate. I found a location on a list of haunted areas somewhere on the internet. It was rumored to have been the site of an old orphanage. One of the stories I came across said that a woman had conducted demonic rituals within the orphanage and hence given it an even stronger reputation for being a paranormal hotspot. The orphanage, or whatever it was, had burnt down though. The only evidence that anything had ever stood there previously was a few stone blocks, the old crumbling remains of a foundation, I assume. Oh, and the paranormal beings, of course. The history of the location was in similar condition to its crumbling and broken remains. It was difficult to find the truth about what really happened here, but many sources had claimed that the people had gone there more recently to perform their own seances and rituals. That alone had piqued my curiosity, enough to explore it. We hopped in the car and drove off into the night ready to investigate. After about a 30-minute drive, we came to the dirt road that led to the location. To get to where the actual coordinates were, you had to drive across a stone bridge that stretched over a shallow stony creek. I remember feeling an intense sense of dread as we approached that bridge. It sent chills cascading down my spine. My feelings were validated as a rumble of nervous laughter spread throughout the car. 
We drove across the bridge and then parked our car on the dirt road and got out. As soon as I got out, I felt a strong urge to walk down the dirt road in the opposite direction of where the bridge stood. I've always been sensitive to energies and I can sometimes even tell what's going to happen in the near future. I'm kind of psychic or maybe just intuitive. Either way, I had a strong feeling that whatever was pulling me away from that bridge matched the energy of a young boy. I trusted my gut and followed the energy for a bit, but realized that it wasn't stopping and decided to walk back towards the bridge. On one side of the dirt road, there was a forest. We decided to explore a bit of it. We had come to find scary and figured a creepy dark forest would be the perfect environment to make us shit our pants. We walked around for a while, pointing our flashlights at creepy-looking branches and tripping over bits of old foundation, but we ultimately found nothing. My spidey senses were telling me to go back to the bridge, and I voiced this to the group. We made our way out of the woods and started walking towards the bridge again. I felt the same sense of dread as we approached, like I did last time. I felt heavy and dark, and the air felt colder against our skin as we walked closer. That's when I saw it. A long dark shadow hovering above a block of cement right next to the bridge. I stared at it for a long while, waiting for it to dissipate, but it didn't. Finally, I looked away and took a couple of steps back, and when I looked back, it was gone. In the moment, I blamed it on my mind playing tricks on me, filling the darkness with shapes to entertain itself, but what happened after made me throw that theory in the garbage. We walked out onto the bridge with flashlights in hand and pits in stomachs. We passed off the soft whispers we heard as the creek babbling away, but I could have sworn I heard a low voice whispering my aunt's name, and she leaned over the side. My aunt said she felt an overwhelming fear of something pushing her over into the creek below as she looked over the side. I decided to ask some questions to the dark. I took out my phone and recorded some audio, planning to listen back to it later. I asked how old it was and what its name was and if it had wanted to hurt my aunt. Then I stood there with my eyes closed for a minute and tried to get a feeling for who or what this strange entity was. I found that it seemed ageless and dark, very dark, malicious even. It was then that terror had surged through my body. It felt as if something had started sprinting at us from the other side of the bridge. My aunt and her girlfriend had seemingly also gotten the same urge to run. My aunt and girlfriend had seemingly also gotten the same urge to run. My aunt pulled me by the arm and we ran back toward the car, making worried remarks and frantically trying to lighten the heavy darkness with panicked laughter. I looked back for a moment and saw the dark shape again, closer this time. I felt something tug at the fabric of my jacket and I gasped in fright. We booked it back to the car. We drove quickly back over the bridge and into sweet civilization. After we were safely in the car and we checked the time, thinking it had only been around a half hour, we were shocked that it had been much closer to two hours. I told everyone in the car that time loss is something that is often reported with demonic events. After thinking back on my experience, I realized that young boy's energy that I had felt at first was most likely a child trying to warn us about the entity on the bridge trying to pull us away and protect us. As for the thing on the bridge, I've come to think of it as a demon. 
The dark shape it took, the time lost, the intense feeling of dread that accompanied it, the way it seemed to threaten to push my aunt off the bridge, the way it tried to pull me back onto the bridge by my jacket, and of course, the way it felt ageless and infinite and inhuman, all led me to believe it was a demon. We haven't gone back to that location since, but something seems to be pulling me back. My curiosity is growing and something is telling me I should go and explore it a little more. Honestly, if I get the opportunity, I don't think I'd be able to resist, and that scares me. Whenever I tell this story, I always feel like I need to start with a disclaimer. I know it sounds hokey or like something I made up. I honestly can't even tell you that I for sure believe in ghosts. I can only tell you my experiences, so here we go. The women in my mom's family have a sort of sixth sense. Not in the I-see-dead-people way necessarily. It's a lot subtler than that. My grandmother, mother, and two of my three sisters have told me about experiences they've had, usually with dreams. Though my younger sister did see a couple of, to use the vernacular, manifestations when we were kids. For the most part, my own experiences have been in the form of a heavy, sinking sensation in my stomach, similar to the feeling of dread you get when you just know that you've forgotten something important. It's not a pleasant sensation, so I've always tried to avoid any place that brings that feeling on. And that worked just fine until I was working at a coffee shop about ten years ago. The coffee shop is located in what used to be a bar attached to an old boarding house popular with miners and loggers during the first part of the 20th century. The boarding house now operates as a hotel, and the building is owned by the head of the local historical society. Since it's on the historical register, it has to be kept as authentic to the period it was built as possible, which means that while we had electricity and running water, it was drafty as hell in the winter because they can't fully insulate the front of the building without losing their historical status. All that being said, it is a beautiful location, and I still love the history of the place. At the time of my story, I was working as the manager of this coffee shop and would go in before sunup to get ready to open, turn on the coffee machine, make sure the cups were stocked, that sort of thing. I was always the only employee of either the cafe or the hotel who was in the building at that time. On this particular day, I was standing in the alcove where we kept the paper cups doing a quick inventory when I suddenly heard my name, spoken in what sounded like a man's whisper directly into my left ear. I mean, it was like someone was leaning over my shoulder and speaking right into the side of my head. At the same time, I got that sick dread feeling right through in the middle of my chest and stomach. I dropped what I was working on and moved to the opposite corner of the cafe. Once I had calmed down, I thought maybe the guy who worked the front desk at the hotel had come by early and was messing with me. But when I checked the connecting door, it was still locked, and it locked from the cafe side. It was also one of the pieces from the original construction and did not open quietly. When I looked around the cafe, I was still the only person there and all the doors were still locked. I finished opening, and while I told the girls I was working with that day what happened, the rest of the day went on as usual. No more whispers. That was the only time my sixth sense, yeah, it still feels silly to call it that, manifested so tangibly. 
I still get the occasional sinking feeling, but thankfully, no more attempted verbal communication. This takes place in Irvine, California, and the time is about 3 p.m. My girlfriend at the time, Lisa, and I are hanging out at her parents' apartment. She lived there with her mom and older brother, who weren't home at the time. The topic of dinner is brought up, and we decided to order some food and pick it up at a restaurant across the street. Lisa offers to walk across the street and pick up the food herself. Me, being the lazy boyfriend, agreed to stay behind. We'd gone to a concert the night before, and I decided to take a quick power nap while she's picking up our food. I assume my napping position on the couch, which was lying on my stomach, and Lisa walks out, leaving the door open behind her. I lay there for about two minutes before hearing someone enter the apartment. This couldn't have been Lisa. Her mom was out of town, so it must have been her brother. I pretend to be asleep to avoid a conversation. I hear him walk into the living room and into the kitchen, then to each of the rooms with heavy steps. Back into the living room, he begins to pace the length of the couch. I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm compromised, and that's it, time to wake up from my false slumber. I try to move my head, then my arms, my leg, but somehow I've fallen into sleep paralysis. My heart rate increases as I hear steps get closer to the couch. I feel a presence near my feet, my breath becomes shallow. I hear what I can only explain as a deep pulsing ring. Then I feel the couch indent by my feet. He's standing on the couch and slowly walking up toward my head, my body shifting with each indent. Then I feel a heavy pressure on my back. I'm violently pushed into the cushion three times. Somehow I snap out of it and shoot up. I check the apartment. There's no one there. I'm so freaked out that I literally run back to my house about a mile away. I never told Lisa or her family the story and just typing it out gives me shivers down my spine. It isn't much, but I live in southwest Pennsylvania beside Chestnut Ridge. Though Bigfoot and UFOs are an occasional part of the area and our history, I went most of my life encountering neither. It was in 2015 that while driving late at night near Keystone Park, my brother and his friend came home one night saying they had seen a light in the sky and it moved with them, eventually passing over them and vanishing. My brother wasn't big on UFOs and didn't ever push the issue either, so I believed him but was skeptical of what he actually saw, thinking maybe it was a drone or something. Two years later, in July of 2017, my opinion would change. I was out with my friend D. It was midnight and we were on our way home. I decided to take a back road home, which put us on windy rural roads between Keystone Park and Latrobe. We live in rolling foothills, and as I crested one, both D and I noticed a bright star to the north of us, enough to grab our attention but nothing of concern. After going ahead a bit, we noticed the light was being blocked by the foothills. However, if it were a star, it shouldn't have been from the angle we first saw it. It was then we noticed it was moving and exceptionally bright as well as incredibly low. It gave the impression it was large, larger than a drone. D was astonished. Holy shit, he exclaimed. That's a UFO. 
I laughed and replied that it couldn't be. It must be a helicopter. There was probably an accident in a field or something, and it was medevac. But he insisted it couldn't be. The more I thought, I realized it was very misplaced, and it wasn't landing, but instead staying behind small hills and moving slowly. So, using the rural roads, I made my way towards the object. It was here, on a pull-off in the middle of nowhere, that I stopped the car and said, well, you'll see when it comes out that it's a helicopter. After a few seconds, it did just that. It rose suddenly from a hill right beside us and moved towards us. Then it stopped within a hundred yards of us in the air, perfectly still. As we stared in amazement, I noted that it made absolutely no sound, nor was there a downdraft as we'd felt due to its proximity. It had two sets of lights, a square of orange and a triangle of green. Both, I'd guess, were about five feet in size, but I was absolutely unable to see any shape to the object. I looked for any sign it was a helicopter, a cockpit, or a spotlight, or anything that would give me a clue as to what it might be. Yet, I couldn't see anything except for the lights. It stayed perfectly still, and we watched it for over two minutes. It had to be aware of us. We were the only thing around there, and directly below it. Then it suddenly moved backwards. It didn't spin or rotate and move. It simply went backwards until it reached the hill about 500 yards away, where it lowered itself out of sight. I tried to find another angle to see it from, and we drove a circuit of roads around that spot for the next 30 minutes. We saw no lights, heard no sounds, and never saw the craft again. What it was still baffles me to this day, and we both wonder what it was and why it was there at all. In 2005, my family and I were driving home to Lexington, Kentucky from Charleston, West Virginia. It was pouring rain in the dark, sometime between 8 and 10 p.m. As we were coming through Huntington, West Virginia, I saw lights in the sky. Not aliens or anything, just looks like a plane or a tower. Seems very low in the valley, though. I watched it silently for maybe five minutes, and my boyfriend asked me, What's that? I replied, I don't know, but it looks like a passenger jet. We watched for about 10 minutes, and as we were driving 64 West, coming out of West Virginia, as we got closer, we realized it was a passenger jet, huge, suspended in the air with blue and red lines. I saw both lanes, east and west, slowing down as if it was an accident, just red lights all ahead. We're pulled over and just stone still, staring at a jet in what looks to be a direct path into the valley to the right of the west lanes at what I think might be a 40-degree angle down, just at or below the mountain line. Hanging there, in the dark, rainy night, a jet plane, lights on, seems simple and yet diabolical at the same time. There we are, standing on the emergency land of an interstate, soaked in the skin, staring. I don't know how long we stood there, but some people stopped and left before we did. Someone took pictures because I saw the flashes. We put ourselves back into the car and drove off into the night, questioning everything we saw. The plane was every bit an American Airlines passenger jet, except it hadn't any writing or lettering. It had all the right stripes and color, though. I could even make out the lights of the cockpit to the cabin lights, and had all the starboard and port lights, too. Other people that night took pictures. I wish I could somehow see those pictures. I've written to paranormal and alien sites and told a few people. Some say jets have a way to hover 
and land. Now, those people don't know what I mean when I say suspended over a valley. I grew up near an airport. I spent many nights stoned watching planes land. Others say it was the Marshall University plane, like it repeated itself and broke through the matrix. If you don't know the story of We Are Marshall, it's a plane of football players that crashed outside of Huntington, West Virginia. Tragic, true story. It's a movie. I'm not a conspiracy nut and don't believe that there are lizard people. I use Matrix as a catch for all different dimension talk. I have no idea what I saw. I can just describe what I saw. Planes don't hover like that, though. Helicopters don't hover like that. No sound, no wind. I use the word hang because that's what it looked like. A giant model airplane suspended in the sky. In the end, we just drove off. It was in my rear view for a few minutes, and that's it. It wasn't scary, but just bizarre. In the end, we just drove off. It was in my rear view for a few minutes, and that's it. It wasn't scary, but just bizarre. None of us spoke of it for the rest of the drive. For maybe two hours, we would just look at each other and shrug. Hey everyone, thanks again for all the awesome stories you guys submitted. Some of these are absolutely insane, kind of hard to believe, but I'll take your word for it. Um, especially that last one that's so, so odd. It's like it's like you were like living in Toy Story for a second, you know? Like maybe it was a model airplane and you all are just like Hot Wheel cars just chilling on a freeway or something. I don't know. Super weird story. Tons of really weird stories. Tons of scary stories. Sleep paralysis always gets to me the worst. I've had experiences with it, so reading about it just makes me think about the experiences I've had with it. But I just want to say thanks again to everyone who submitted a story. Um, your name, your first name or username will be on the screen when your story's up if you um, are curious. And um, so, yeah, thanks a ton. If you enjoyed this, maybe leave some more stories down in the comments section of this video. We can do it again. I had a lot of fun reading your incredibly strange stories. <laughs> but um, anywho, thanks again, everyone, for submitting. But anyway, uh, thank you again, everyone, for submitting your stories. Uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and as always, stay safe out there. <laughs>